Two games remain in the 2021 season, and the Jets are out of the playoff race, but there's still plenty to play for. We'll talk about what on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Tuesday, December 28th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thank you so much for making this show your first listen each day. And today we are going to talk about what is at stake for the New York Jets over the final two games of the season. They play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend at the Meadowlands and then finish the season next weekend at Buffalo. And these are games against... Very difficult opponents. Tampa Bay, of course, is the defending Super Bowl champion. They are going to be back in the playoffs this year in the NFC. They will be one of the top contenders to return to the Super Bowl. And right now, Buffalo has the lead in the AFC East. It's a very narrow lead after their victory over New England. I think we could say the easy portion of the Jets' schedule has passed. And the Jets are out of the postseason race. So you may look at these games and say, well, really only draft positioning is on the line. I'm not sure I agree with that. And I think in many ways, what happens over the final two weeks of the season could kind of shape the final narrative for the New York Jets in the year 2021. It's amazing when you watch the NFL, how frequently two different observers, whether they're fans, media, players, coaches, front office members, they can look at the exact same information and come away with a different conclusion from what happened. And let me give you an example of that. Let's take Zach Wilson's game on Sunday against Jacksonville. I've seen people say, well, hey, the Jets won the game. Wilson played turnover-free, generally mistake-free. He completed over 60% of his passes in this game, broke a couple of big runs, 91 rushing yards, a touchdown, a pretty exciting touchdown run. And then on the other hand, you have people saying, well, he only threw for 102 yards. How impressive is that? Only averaged 4.6 yards per attempt. And in reality, both of these sides have a point. Now, personally, I kind of fall on the side of Wilson played pretty well, all things considered. But you could make the arguments that, you know, maybe it wasn't that impressive with him only throwing for 102 yards against a Jacksonville team that, frankly, is not very good and was missing some key parts on the defense. Right now, there's not a lot of clarity. Over the next two weeks, we could shape a different narrative. And Wilson, I think, is one of the key players whose narrative could change quite a bit. Because if you look at his season as a whole, it's not that impressive. I mean, he's bottom three in completion percentage, touchdown rate, interception rate, yards per attempt, pretty much any efficiency category. He's been near the bottom. Has he been improving over the last couple of weeks? I mean, that's a matter that's kind of up for debate. Now, here's what you can say is he has not thrown an interception in the last three games. After beginning the season with interceptions, at least one interception in each of his first five games, he did not throw He has not thrown an interception in the last three games. So is he protecting the ball a little bit better? You could argue it. You could also argue maybe he's putting some balls into traffic. On the other hand, these performances aren't that impressive. And I feel like Wilson set the bar so low with his early season performance that almost anything that's not a complete catastrophe, anything that's not a complete disaster is now being viewed as a positive or as progress. And for me, 
I think we need to see the last two games before we determine whether this is actual progress. Because sometimes I think what happens is we just read too much into the natural ebbs and flows of things. The way Wilson's playing right now is an improvement. I mean, you could make an argument based on lack of interceptions, based on his willingness to maybe take more plays underneath over the last few weeks than he was early in the season. But it's also possible this is kind of statistical noise. And we've been here before with Jets quarterbacks in the past. I remember Sam Darnold had a very strong finish to his rookie year three years ago, where he played phenomenal games, week, week 15 against Houston, week 16 against Green Bay. His rookie season 2013, Geno Smith played a very strong December. He was really in bad shape around November of that year. And then December came along, he played better. It seemed like he was on an upward trajectory. And of course, if you were a Jets fan in 2009, I don't need to tell you about how exciting things were with Mark Sanchez as he was performing pretty well in a couple of road playoff victories and even not that bad in the AFC Championship game loss to the Colts. Now, all of this should tell us that the performance at the end of a season for a rookie quarterback is not necessarily the end-all, be-all. It's not necessarily something that guarantees success if you play well near the end of the rookie season. But of course, you'd rather have a positive trajectory than a negative trajectory. And for Zach right now, after the year he's had, there's not a lot you can hang your hat on. And even these performances, you could make a case that these have been better performances. You could make a case that there's been progress. But I don't see a quarterback who, at this point in time, has put the pieces together, at least yet. And you can look at these last two games and be frustrated, and you can say, oh, these are good opponents. We're in some big trouble here. But you could also look at it as an opportunity. And sometimes I think maybe we set our expectations a little bit too low. Sometimes I think we, we look at these games and we get excited because you're playing a bad opponent. Well, you know what? It may not be easy to go out there and play well against Tampa Bay and Buffalo. And quite frankly, depending on who's in the lineup for the Jets, I may amend this statement over the next few days because we could reach a point where the Jets just are not putting a credible team on the field for Wilson. I did not think they did that against Jacksonville. And that kind of factors into my analysis that Wilson played pretty well under the circumstances. But I want to see the quarterback go out there and play really well against top-notch opponents. I mean, I remember, I'm going to go all the way back to 2004. Eli Manning had a really rough rookie season with the Giants. He got put in. He did not begin the season week one as the starter. Kurt Warner was the starter for the Giants at a point where Kurt Warner's career seemed like it was on the downslide. You know, I hear lots of people talking about, oh, well, the Giants benched, benched a Hall of Famer for Eli Manning. Well, Kurt Warner, everybody felt kind of thought he was finished at that point. Then he went to Arizona and rejuvenated his career. But anyway, Eli went into the lineup that year. It was a Saturday-December game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were 15-1 and that season. They went to the AFC Championship, AFC Championship game. They beat the Jets in an absolutely heartbreaking loss for the Jets. That was the year Doug Bryan missed two field goals. But in a very rough year for Eli Manning, a really rough rookie year, he stood toe-to-toe with a Steelers defense that was one of the maybe the best defense of the NFL that year, probably the best defense of the NFL that year. He put up a big performance. The Giants lost the game, but it left Giants fans feeling really good. And this one really kind of stands out because I think Zach has really struggled to this point this season. And there haven't been the types of moments you saw with maybe Sam or even Gino or Mark. Maybe the Tennessee game all the way back in early October, you could argue, was one of those performances where you said, okay, if this kid can play like this consistently, we have something. But they've been too few and 
they have not happened on any sort of consistent basis. And when you're dealing with a rookie quarterback, you understand that there are going to be some bad games. But what you hope is that that rookie quarterback goes out there and plays some phenomenal games that gives you a, a taste of what could be to come. And Zach hasn't really done that yet. And if he does that in the next two weeks, or even if he plays a really, really strong game in one of the next two games, like either against Tampa Bay or against Buffalo, it gives you so much more hope heading into the, to the offseason. It gives you the opportunity to say, okay, this kid showed he could stand toe-to-toe against some of the best teams in the NFL. Rookie season, okay, I understand disappointing, but at least here's something you can hold on to for hope. And I think that's the kind of thing that would be really benefit Zach maybe build a little bit of confidence heading into the offseason and because it comes at the end of the year it will be the last memory which i think will certainly help the fan base out quite a bit although this isn't really about the fan base this is about zach's development now ahead here on the show we're going to talk about some of the other players who are going to have an opportunity to shine in the next two games we'll discuss that ahead here on the locked on jets podcast Thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen every day, and make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021 with local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview is live now. And on today's episode of Locked On Jets, we're talking about what is on the line for the New York Jets over the final two games of the 2021 season. Of course, the team is out of the playoff race, so these games are not meaningful from that standpoint. Of course, they are meaningful when it comes to draft positioning. And I know there are some Jets fans who are upset that they beat Jacksonville on Sunday because that means the Jets are picking a little bit lower in the first round. But I'm not one of those fans. I want to see the Jets win games. And I think that these games are important for a number of players. In the first segment, I talked about Zach Wilson. But I think that the next two games present a unique opportunity for a number of players, especially guys who have not seen extensive playing time thus far this season, because the Jets obviously have a lot of guys who are either on injured reserve or the COVID-19 list. And these opportunities are going to come in a number of different ways. And I've talked a little bit about how a strong finish to the season for Zach Wilson could help propel him. There are some starting level players who maybe could use a strong last couple of games. I mean, I'm past the point of having hope for Denzel Mims. I'm completely disappointed. So I'll leave him out of that. But I look at the other side of the ball, a rookie, Brandon Eccles, who, quite frankly, I think this season's been a struggle for him. I'm kind of skeptical on his ability to be a long-term contributor for this football team. But that's a guy I have my eye on the last couple games because, you know, he did have that pick six last week against Miami. He has shown a few flashes here or there. It's a tough spot putting a day three pick into the lineup immediately. The Jets have done that at a couple different spots. I don't think Eccles is ready to be a starter. I'm not sure he ever will be a starter, but... I will keep my eyes on him over the last couple of weeks of the season. And a strong finish could certainly help propel him heading into the offseason. Now you look, there are some players who are going to have opportunities presented to them now that maybe haven't played that much this season. A guy I have my eye on is Dan Feeney, who the Jets signed as a backup offensive lineman in the offseason. Got an opportunity this week uh, against Jacksonville. Uh, The first look seemed like he played pretty well. And Connor McGovern is out now. Connor McGovern suffered an MCL injury. Robert Sala announced yesterday that he's going to be out the last two weeks of the season. In fact, the Jets the Jets expressed relief that McGovern did not suffer an ACL injury. Now, even though he's missing the last two weeks anyway, it's probably better, a lot better, that McGovern is not going to have to spend his offseason rehabbing a more serious injury. But let's give Dan Feeney an opportunity. And what's Feeney 
trying to contribute here? What's he trying to convince the Jets? I mean, I don't think he's really competing for a starting job, but I think he could make the case that maybe he should be brought back as a depth player next season. You know, if he can do a credible job filling in for McGovern, maybe he gets another opportunity to be a backup. And listen, we've seen that this year with George Fant. George Fant has really been worth the money the Jets have paid to him. This depth on the offensive line, I know the Jets have not had a very good season, but this offensive line has not been the, the disaster of years past. And that's even without having their left tackle all season. And that's because of the depth of Morgan Moses and George Fant. So can Feeney continue to play well? Can he provide that sort of depth for the Jets up front? Or you could also look at guys who have gotten playing time. Tevin Coleman, who I think has really come on in recent weeks. Now, this is not the Tevin Coleman of Atlanta. I don't think he has the game-breaking speed left, but he's got enough speed left to make a difference. He's a good fit for this system. You know, a very solid one-cut runner in the zone game. Done a decent job on returns, you know, kind of pairing with Braxton Berrios. He's the type of guy who maybe he can convince the Jets. I don't think Coleman's going to have a big role next season, but... I'm at the point where if he plays well over the last couple of weeks, I'd be good with bringing him back as the third running back. You know, he can contribute in pass protection. If you want to go young at the running back position, you always want to have somebody who can pass protect. A good guy, perhaps a good guy to kind of show Michael Carter, maybe another young back you pick up, how to perform in, in a pro setting. So that's another guy I have my eye on. And then you have guys who have maybe been pleasant surprises like a Quincy Williams or a Braxton Berrios. And I, I'm not sure either of these guys are as good as the hype they've received, but I think by any measure, these are two guys who have exceeded expectations. And these are guys who could either perhaps try and sell the Jets on a big role next season in Williams, or maybe make themselves a little bit money in Berrios. And I've gotten a lot of Berrios mailbag questions, so I'm sure we'll be talking about Braxton Berrios on tomorrow's mailbag show. But at any rate, Beyond the obvious player, Zach Wilson, who obviously has a lot on the line over these last couple of weeks, there are a lot of unheralded players who have an opportunity to step up and either continue their level of play or step on the field for really the first extended playing time of the season and earn an opportunity with the New York Jets. But it's not just about the players. I think that the final two weeks may shape the narrative it may shape our memory of the 2021 season. And I'll discuss that ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast. Of course, these last two games are going to be difficult for the Jets. You may not want to put money down on them. But no matter which team you want to put money down on, you should know that Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. That's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, the promo code that will get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online, where the game starts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday, talking about what's on the line for the Jets over the final two weeks of the season. In the first segment, I talked about Zach Wilson. In the second segment, I talked about some of the players who have an opportunity to step up. But really, for me, these last two weeks, even though the Jets are out of the playoff race, kind of transcend any 
individual player or group of players. These last two weeks may determine whether or not we look back on 2021 as a season where the Jets made tangible progress. And listen, I've been as loud as anybody complaining over the last few weeks before the Jacksonville game because the Jets were losing against opponents that, yes, may have been better, but frankly aren't that great. It's been a frustrating experience watching them play so poorly against a depleted Saints team, watching them blow a lead against Miami. Well, here we are, two weeks left in the season. The Jets are 4-11. and 11. And I think, generally speaking, before the beginning of 2021, the consensus was that around five wins was what you were expecting for this Jets team. And getting that fifth win is going to be difficult. It could be borderline impossible, depending, again, which players are available for the Jets in these upcoming games. And Robert Sala did express some optimism that they're going to get some players off the COVID list this week. So this could be a better roster than we saw take the field against Jacksonville this past weekend where the Jets were really, really depleted. But you know something? If the Jets play well in these two games and somehow get a win against either Tampa Bay or Buffalo, that gets you to that five-win total. And not only that, you look at the five wins. Okay, you beat the teams, I guess you could say you were supposed to beat in Houston and Jacksonville, two teams that are picking ahead of you in the draft. So you can't say you lost to any of the absolute worst teams in the NFL. But beyond that, you've seen a couple times where the Jets have punched above their weight class against Cincinnati, against Tennessee. You had a third game like that to the mix. You could look at this and say, okay, well, this was not a good team going in. They suffered a lot of injuries along the way. They were kind of depleted. They punched above their weight class three times, and they beat the teams that they probably were supposed to beat. And that's the kind of season I think you can live with. Now, listen, would I have liked the Jets to win a couple more of these games in the middle part of the season? Absolutely. But for me, we will have at least reached the bare minimum threshold for progress if the Jets win one of these games. Whereas if they go, if they go out and get blown out and go 4-13, and 13, I think it's going to be very difficult to say this team made tangible progress. It's kind of funny because should one or two games make that much of a difference for this team? You could argue not, but I think getting that win, I, I think it's very difficult to say that there's progress made if the Jets, first of all, get blown out to end the season. But second of all, only win four games. I know they won two last year. I know you're doubling your win total, but it just doesn't feel like you can say that the right progress has been made. And listen, on some level, this season has been a disappointment because I don't think you've seen the improvement. I don't think you've seen this team come together and be difficult out the way I was hoping they would be. I, I wanted to get to December and, and for the Jets to be the team nobody wanted to play. That clearly has not happened. I think if you look at Zach's struggles, Zach Wilson maybe was the most important player for the Jets this season, and it hasn't worked out the way any of us were hoping it would. But much like Zach, I think you can salvage something at the end of the season. If you if you punch above your weight class, if you go out and be, beat one of these two teams, because then you can say, all right, we're heading into the offseason with some momentum. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're guaranteed success, but it's something you can feel good about, it's something you can hold on to. It's something you can point to as you work through the offseason as a sign of hope a sign of progress. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoyed the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Hope you have a great Tuesday, everybody. Please send in your mailbag questions. We'll have our weekly mailbag tomorrow.